Betty Pack had planned her escape from the castle with great care. Too often impulsive, her greatest fault she would frequently concede, she had deliberately plotted this operation with the long dormant discipline acquired during her dangerous time decades ago in the field. Yet, on the blustery morning of March 1st, 1963, Betty, otherwise known in the tiny village in the French Pyrenees that lay just beyond the stone walls of the ancient castle as Madame Bruce, the American-born Chatelaine of Castelnau, and who, in a previous life, had been known to an even smaller circle as the agent codenamed Cynthia, was having doubts. Betty had spent diligent months baiting the hook, then repeatedly recasting until it was firmly lodged. But now, just as the time had come to reel in her prey, she was suddenly anxious. She stood at the edge of the castle's battlement as if on guard, a solitary figure, her gaze absently fixed on the pine forest in the distance the raw wind charging in from the northwest with the savage shriek of an invading army. But Betty ignored the elements. The mighty wind, the tramontane, as the odd locals called it, was nothing compared to the turmoil that must have been going through her mind. She was out of practice. She had lost her charm. At 53, she was too old. Worse, she looked too old. It was a delusion a pathetic, self-indulgent foolishness to believe that a middle-aged woman could cast the same captivating spell that she had at 29. Her self-incriminating list went on and on, every charge in its way a pained reiteration of the same fundamental and unimpeachable truism. Life, real life, always yields to age. Then, all at once, Betty found the will. Was it simply a sharp burst of her old courage? A renewed realization that as she had once written, happiness never comes from frustration? Or perhaps she told herself that too much had already been set in motion. There was no turning back. Whatever the reason, or just as likely, reasons, Betty, as she recalled the energized moment, was suddenly on the move. Without hesitation, she made her way down the well-worn stone steps, strode in her long-legged, athletic way across the terrace, where the almond trees were already starting to bloom, and continued through the cobblestone courtyard to the waiting Rolls-Royce. The chauffeur was at the wheel. Her husband, Charles, was already in the back seat, his presence an inspired bit of cover, giving a pretense of legitimacy to the rendezvous that if all went as she had so painstakingly designed, would soon happen. Once she'd taken her place on the soft maroon leather back seat next to Charles, the huge old car, it too a well-polished relic of another era, moved slowly forward. The rolls threaded its way through a narrow stone archway built centuries ago, and then headed downhill, away from Castelnau. Picking up speed, the heavy car bounced along a winding dirt road, where back in 1289, the troops of His Majesty James II of Majorca had charged in their bold assault on the seemingly impregnable fortress. Despite the apparent futility of their quest, 
Betty had heard time after time in the reverential account of the ferocious battle her husband was so fond of telling, the invaders had stormed the castle and won the day. And now on this windswept morning, as she traveled on the same road as that undaunted medieval army, any lingering anxieties, any troubling uncertainties, any pre-combat jitters turned to sand. It was once again wartime, and Betty, the veteran field agent, knew from experience that doubt was one more enemy that must be beaten back. Her confidence returned. Her spirit soared. It was as if she could already see herself rising from the depths and being lifted high above the confining castle walls. Her great escape. Another old spy would come out of his retirement to save her.